0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to another episode of 30 Minutes with DailyStreets.com. Today we have a very special guest with us, Aaron McDonald, the CEO and founder of Centrality, one of New Zealand's largest blockchain companies that employs over 100 engineers across 5 countries around the world. Besides Centrality, Aaron is also involved with over 20 blockchain companies in various capacity. He is no stranger to the tech world and has over 20 years experience in the industry. And he also manages portfolios for various other companies with over one billion in revenue. So today we're going to chat to Aaron about how he felt when his company earned over a hundred million dollars in six minutes in 2018 by selling the company's cyber tokens. Hello, Aaron. How are you today?
1: I'm well. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for that very kind introduction.
0: No worries. All right. Let's just dive right into the questions. How did the idea for Centrality come about? Yeah, that's
1: that's a really good question. So there were kind of three things in our mind when we decided to form the company as as a driving thesis. Um, One was that we could see that um, there was going to be a consumer behavior change around privacy um, and that the idea of building a business around um, monetizing users' data was going to be something that would be increasingly hard to do because people would become more concerned about privacy. Regulators would become more concerned about privacy. And over time, that business model would run out of gas. Um, So so that was kind of the first thing. The second thing was um, looking at the funding landscape. Um, And particularly down in this region, there's kind of a gap in the market for for funding between early stage companies and exits. Um, And you can see that replicated in a number of different countries. So building a venture business in um, those markets is difficult because access to capital is difficult in those those intermediary phases. Um, And then lastly, um, having kind of done some work in venture previously, I could see that um, a lot of venture businesses um, kind of have a spray and pray type philosophy, which is you know, have a a thesis about an area that you want to invest in and you invest in a bunch of companies and you might get the good ones doing some work to help those companies develop, but no one really kind of manages the portfolio as a pet portfolio. And so we, we, we kind of put those three ideas together and created this, this business, which could, uh, help find capital in different ways, um, help solve the technology problem around privacy and individual data rights. And um, bring a group of ventures together to collaborate, um, to help each other grow and try to get that really sticky, connected portfolio. Effect. Have you
0: always been interested in all things tech from a young age? Because one would think, you know, if you want to start a business, go with something simpler, you know, but you went... With blockchain, it's not, not many people understand what it is.
1: Yeah, um, I I can't say that I have a real idol, like a single person that I focus on in terms of um, in terms of wanting to get into tech. I I guess I always been a person who was interested in technology, and um, I used to play with you know break my electronic toys when I was a kid and make other things out of them. You know, so I always had this kind of inventive type of mind. Um, and was trying to figure out how to solve problems. Um, you know, the people who've helped me on my journey along the way, lots of people I look up to and I've learned through, um, learned from, but I wouldn't say had have like one hero that I look to and say that, you know, they've got all the answers. Um, but I had some really great tech leaders that I worked with in my career that taught me a lot of skills about how to understand customers or understand markets or understand products and, and, um, and then take that learning into kind of building my own thing. But yeah, I've always been a nerd. Why
0: blockchain? It's a
1: really good question. Um, and a lot of people uh, build stuff in this space, um, with no real clear reason why. Um, and blockchains are really good at some things and they're really shit at lots of things, screws my language, no um, but, <laughs> but what they're really good at is providing a different kind of infrastructure model and one that can be community owned. And so if you're trying to solve a problem like privacy and individual data rights, um, you want to be able to provide a place for applications to live that isn't owned by a corporation because you can't really be true to your promise about privacy. If a corporation can change their mind about the rules that underpin that technology, you know, if your application exists in someone else's data center, then it's actually whoever controls that data center who's in charge of the policy. And so. Um, blockchains allow us to build infrastructure, a different kind of cloud, where the users or the community is in control of the rules. Um, and that's not possible with any other kind of technology. So
0: um, you started um, in your early 20s, right? Am, am, I, am I right? Was it uh, right after yeah. college, after uni?
1: Yeah, I, so I didn't actually finish uni. Um, and I did very well at school, at high school. And um, I finished high school a number of years earlier than I should have. Um, but the uni- the university kind of, um, because I was so young, I guess I didn't really fit into that environment, um, and as a result of that, I kind of just got into the workforce, and um, by the time I actually, my friends graduated university, I was interviewing them for jobs, um, so it was kind of like a different path for me, And um, and I think that On the job learning has really been useful for me, Um, you know, going from um, those early days and working for other people into running my own business because I got to do everything. You know, I started literally from digging um, trenches for for laying cables and telecommunications. So I've done from the ground literally up inside a business and taken on, you know, learnings through every role that I've been through and customer support and in engineering and product and management. Um, and so that really kind of gives me a well, well-rounded view of the world. And when I talk with other companies who are building their businesses, I can understand where they are on those journeys.
0: Um, so did you drop out? Did you go into college, uh, uni and you didn't finish? What, what... Yeah. Oh, you dropped out. Yeah. What, what course did you take?
1: I was, I was going to, I was going to do computer science, All right. Yeah, um... but I recommend, you know, that if you. If you are in university, it's also a good path. I have a son who's in university now, so I encourage him to finish, you know, his studies. And I wouldn't say that dropping out is the right thing to do, but it worked for me.
0: Okay, did you had any hesitation from parents? And- I have
1: really, really supportive parents, actually, um, and um, my dad, in particular, encouraged us um, all our lives to be entrepreneurial. You know, whether it was. Um, when we were younger, setting up small businesses of our own or you know, supporting us and help, encouraging us to go and start working and earning a wage and saving and all those kinds of things. So I've had very supportive parents.
0: Awesome. So Centrality, um, you started this early 20s, am I right?
1: Uh, no, it would, have been, it would have been my mid-30s, I think.
0: Okay, so yep. what was the first business you started and how did you ease that? you know how did you go into centrality yeah
1: yeah i actually had a couple of startups before um this one um and one of them isn't operating anymore we actually bought the assets out of that and when i when i started centrality and the other one is operating but um kind of i'm not involved with it anymore um and um and i got a lot of learnings out of those processes um that kind of part of that learning was what what was and wasn't working in in the venture side of things and um where the gaps were in creating a business particularly around um issues like a two-sided business model you know if you have product but no customers or customers that but no product and how can you create this if, if you're in that position how can you create this um portfolio effect where you you solve that problem earlier by interacting with other portfolio companies so that forms the way that we build the business out today is is connecting people within that um, context that solve problems for each other and investing in companies that help solve those problems and connecting them to technology that they can share that helps solve those problems
0: okay for businesses like tech businesses like yours right what is the initial investment because for other businesses Mm. like product based, right? They need to come up with a lot of money to buy the stock, but with tech, right? Do you just need to learn how to code and the, the initial is very little?
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, today, the really exciting thing about, um, particularly about the blockchain space is that if you're a good developer and you understand, um, business, you don't need a lot of money, you know, because, um, if you write good code and it solves a real problem in in the in the blockchain space there's already capital there waiting to use your product um, there's already users waiting there to use your products and and because it's all open source and open innovation some of the boundaries that you have or the startup costs that you might have in a, in a normal business or even in a traditional technology business aren't there anymore um and there's lots of ways to get in and um get the word out about what you're doing and join communities and support them and build on other communities technology that gives you a leg up in, in the market awareness and um, and people are always looking up for people that are building cool things and And it's particularly an environment where collaboration is encouraged and, and that's one of the strengths of, of that technology space is that um, people want you to build on top of what they've already done because that creates more value for everyone as opposed to seeing everybody as a competitor. So um,
0: you, I, I imagine you're a coder?
1: I used to be. You used to? A long time ago. Awesome. <laughs> I leave that to my development team now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so, so Centrality is probably one of your best... Um, your, your your best company, the company that you created. Yeah. Okay. Um, how did that happen? Like how from... The, the, fail, the, the first few startups that failed and then how did you get you know uh, centrality going?
1: Yeah I mean like, like everything um, that becomes successful, um, you have to have equal measure of a good idea, um, good execution and good timing. Um, and so when we started the business we had I, I had four co-founders who were all you know successful people in their own right that have been entrepreneurs before that understood what we were trying to do and brought different skills to the table. Um, and so having a really good founding team is a, is a good start. Um, that gets you on the way. And then um, the, the rest is a, a matter of kind of sticking to your guns and executing and, um, and well, not being stubborn about um, how you get things done, but sometimes you have to believe in the idea before anyone else will believe in you. Um, and it might feel like what you're doing is, is wrong and will never work. But you, if you don't believe in yourself, then eventually no one ever will either. Um, and then from there, um, you know, the, the timing was, was good. We, we kind of started um, the business around the time where this technology started to become more, you know, people um, were more aware of the technology and so because we were a little bit early we got to be seen as leaders you know and um and that helps you on the journey and reinforces kind of your success
0: so were you um having jobs to pay the bills um or were you just coding and you know doing your startup thing uh full time
1: yeah i mean um it's a scary yeah it's a scary thing to leave um a a safe job and go and, and do a startup and we we went through that process of um, the founders put their own money into it we're living off credit cards my wife's credit card at, at one point so you know the um the the pain of kind of starting with nothing is one of those things that i think you if you haven't done that you could never really call yourself an entrepreneur and you see a lot of people particularly in the corporate world they try and create this startup culture in their business um and they just never will be able to because they've never been through that process where you're up late at night worrying about how you're gonna pay your staff the next day. Like that creates a certain type of behavior and hunger and thought process, which you can't replicate without that, um, that situation being real. Um, so yeah, we went through that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: and um, okay, so the first few years of Central Key was, can I say tough?
1: Oh yeah, 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 business is tough. Yep.
0: All right, and then what was the turning point for centrality? You know, because in twenty eighteen you made one hundred million dollars in six minutes. Right. So take us to you know that that exact <coughs> thing that made it tick.
1: Yeah, we um again it's one of those things where timing helped a lot, but we had a different a kind of different vision and um, at the time about how to um, get this thing, which was quite new. You know, the the word blockchain wasn't very well understood and. The technology behind it was clunky, and our, our our focus was on how do you make this stuff more usable. And that was quite a different message to what a lot of people were focused on at the time. And I think if you kind of play play forward a bit, it's the thing that will 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 determine the winners in the end, because it's all very well having technology, but if you don't have users, then, you know, it's kind of not worth anything. And so our focus on usability and creating this ecosystem of um of companies that could solve different parts or different challenges in a user's life and make that a really kind of cohesive experience was something that was quite different, and that that grasped a lot of people's attention, and um, and that's why we were able to kind of raise raise the money. It was also good timing. It was at a time where the market was very bullish, and um, and there was a lot of capital flowing around. Um, but but it was the result of you know two years of hard work. You know, leading up to that point, and and um, and and I will say that didn't stop being hard at that point either, because um, you've got to then take that and um, build with it, and um, and build the community, and build the ecosystem, and build the technology, and keep delivering. Like that's just a, almost like a, a second starting. How old
0: is Centrality, by the way? I
1: think we're now five, just over five years old.
0: So you did the, um, is it called capital raising exercise in 2018?
1: Yep. Okay. Yep.
0: And if I'm not, uh, uh, cause I did read about it. It's called Ethereum, right? You sold, um, yep. and you, um, raised hundred million in six minutes. Instead of going to the stock market, you did this. How have you spent the money so far? Like, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of it goes into building, um, the technology. So building and launching SinsNet, which is the public blockchain that we have. Um, uh, build all of the things that help that usability to um, happen are in that network. And then the rest goes into building out the ecosystem. So, you know, helping companies to come on board and use that technology. And there's a bit of, you know, the normal stuff you do around marketing and community development and all that kind kind of stuff. But those are the main things, building the technology, building the ecosystem.
0: It's a very smart way of getting money instead of doing public listing, don't
1: you think? Honestly, I think you have to be really deliberate about it. I think people think um, that doing things that way is a is an easy way to to raise capital, In some senses it is. But at the same time, it is it is very close in terms of how you um, how you how you have to act afterwards in terms of running a public company because you've now got. Thousands of stakeholders who are participating in the value of the network, and you know that that they're the people who are making the d- decisions ultimately in the end about how the network operates and all those kinds of things. So you kind of end up with a situation that that looks very much like a, a public company, except you know except it's 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 quite a different one to compete. You know, as a as an entrepreneur and as a CEO, because you're you're out there in the pu- public in the communities online talking to people you know it's not like you've got these layers of bureaucracy and stuff that you'd normally have in a corporate that shields the Mm -hmm. the ceo and and so um you get you have this kind of more direct engagement with your stakeholder community so um so you have to be prepared for operating in that that environment and um and and so, while you know, it might seem like the money comes easy, easily compared to you know building up companies in other ways. There's a whole bunch of other tax that comes with that as well, in terms of the way that you have to grow the business. And and ultimately, you know, the the thing that we do every day is try and build something that returns that value back to those stakeholders. You know, and that's the number one thing that if we do our jobs well, we don't have a job. It's kind of a funny thing because you. You're raising money to build something that you eventually don't own. It's owned <laughs> by the community.
0: Oh, <laughs> further to that, do you, for for this kind of um, capital raising, where right, do you need to have like, um, you know, annual general meetings where you brief the shareholders, give them dividends? Does that? How does that? Yeah. Work?
1: So I think if if we um, kind of separate um, two parts of the way the business works, that money that money. That $100 million is raised to build the Centrality network, which is owned by the stakeholders. The, pi- the, the business that does that work is Centrality, the company. And so that company operates like a company. It has board meetings, AGMs, etc. And it actually raises its own capital. So that money that's um, on that site is for the network and it's spent on the network and developing the network and the ecosystem and all that kind of stuff. So we, we do have a company corporate structure that operates like a normal business and we have the, all of those kind of things, shareholder meetings and updates and all those kind of things. And then you have this kind of public entity that's owned by the stakeholders and you're, um, you're using cap, that capital to, to fund that entity. And that's a real-time relationship. Our teams are in talking to those um, stakeholders who, are, who hold the tokens because that's what they purchased with that, with that, with that money. Um, every day. And I'm on Twitter, you know, talking with them every day and we're in discords and reddits and telegrams. And that's my point earlier. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's quite a different operating model mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of effort to do that um, and to manage those communities and um, bring them on the journey as you're building this stuff. And sometimes it takes longer than they think that it should and you've got to kind of be responsive to those um, concerns. So it's, it's, it's not, a traditional corporate model where money goes in and um you've got you know all of that money is is um to be spent on driving the shareholder value on this side it's actually supposed to be spent on driving the community value on that side and that's why we keep those two things quite separate
0: so if they're not happy do they sell the token how do they
1: yeah yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's just
0: like, it's like uh, buying Microsoft shares, you know? You
1: think, yeah, in a sense, in a sense, yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: All right, so how did you feel when you got six million, $100 million in six minutes? Because, you know, the days when you quit your, from the time you left your your university to this all the the, the first few startups of failure and then, boom, in 2018, you got $100 million in six minutes. So what was the, What did you, like, how did you feel and did you expect it?
1: I wouldn't say that I ever expected it. I mean, you can have hope. Um, and we knew that we had something that was resonating with people. The, the feeling was like, I guess, elation because you kind of have that, all those hard moments and you get to the point where you get some validation that that's, that you've, you've done something right and that people are interested in what you're doing and that it has value. And so so it is a really good feeling as an entrepreneur to get to that point. But like I said before, that's kind of where the hard work starts because now you've got to prove prove that what you said was right, is right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's still a journey we're on, you know? Every day we're working hard to, to make make that goal a reality um and we're dealing with multiple things which are which are quite different to a you know traditional business we're in a new technology operating model we're in a new market monetization model we're in a new um consumer engagement model so you're trying to trying to solve um multiple new market problems simultaneously to 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 deliver the outcome that that we want to deliver Um, and that's that's a process that takes some time and and um and I think we're te- doing a really good te- uh, job of, but we're not finished yet.
0: Okay. Uh, since you're in the tech business, I how do you keep up with all the changes? Because it's like, uh, it's a rapid phase. You know, everything. Every day is a new
1: day. I just read.
0: You read. Do you, you have the yeah. time? Because you you're quite <laughs> spread out. You have twenty. You, you're sitting so many boards.
1: Yeah. I uh, I I just um every every moment I'm not doing something um specific like actively. You know, kind of working on a on a project. I'm reading and I'm trying to learn more. And I try and keep like a quite a um, broad view on things. So it might be politics, or it might be economics, new science, or whatever. I'm I'm always trying to absorb what's happening that's new in the world. Um, and and that'll, that that kind of helps me to know what's going on and where to invest you know effort in what's coming in the future and all that kind of stuff so you, yeah lots of reading
0: what's your number one go-to you know what
1: i um i get a lot of what i where i so my let's call it my content discovery happens a lot on twitter so i build up a list of people who say smart things and then look at what they're saying or what they're reading or you know no references that they're talking about and then i'll go and look those links up or you know read read what they've been what they've been writing so i use twitter quite heavily as a source to to find smart people and um and things that and, you know who are experts and things i'm interested in and then follow what they're saying and look at what they're reading or sharing all right
0: awesome um okay um do you plan and move the business out of new zealand
1: well i think we've always considered ourselves as a global business from day one um you know, we've, we've had offices and teams around the world, you know, quite early on. Um, And we consider the business as being a global business anyway. And our community is global. Our our developers and our staff work in different places around the world. We're a remote first type of business. So you don't have to be in in New Zealand to work with us. Um, Our community is mostly offshore um, and we have, you know, venture companies spread throughout the world, so um, so I think that that sets us up well, and it makes us um, makes it gives us other options in terms of finding talent, and um, and uh, and that remote kind of ethos really helped during the likes of COVID, for example. You know, so we don't are so dependent on being in one place because New Zealand is is far away from everything basically, um, and so you kind of have to almost look outwards from the start, you know, to reach customers and markets and stuff like that.
0: Is it easy to find, um, you did say that you hire remotely, and, but I was just wondering, yeah. if it, is it easy to find the right tech talent in New Zealand?
1: New Zealand's got heaps of tech talent, um, and we have some awesome engineers here, but it's a competitive environment. Um, I guess everywhere in the world now is competitive for good technology people because that's where, you know, the focus of innovation is. Um, but um, especially with COVID where we haven't had people coming into New Zealand, new people coming into New Zealand, but tech sector has been booming, there's been increased competition for, for uh, good engineering resource and um, design resource and all those kinds of things. So um, so while you can find really great engineers here, there's lots of competition. Okay,
0: how do you divide your time um, between Central L T and also the 22 companies that you sit on board? um
1: yeah i yeah i don't sit on 22 boards oh sorry um so we have we have um i think now 27 or 28 portfolio companies um but um but i'm only on the board of maybe half a dozen of them um but i'm involved with all of them on a regular basis
0: yeah how do you divide your time like you know and attention
1: i don't see it as a separate thing um you know for centrality to be successful then all of these ventures have to be successful it's symbiotic and so when i'm spending time with them i'm 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 adding value to the organization as a whole um and that's the way we've set this up it's not an us and them type mentality it's together stronger we're not trying to be you know, one unicorn. We're trying to be a herd of zebras that are running together, mm-hmm. um, and we think that's a more resilient model. And it's it's something that's it's non zero sum. You know, we can build a community of successful businesses, and and all share in the value of that.
0: Okay, um, I just wanted to ask you this, following up to the earlier questions. Like, okay, you've already earned one hundred million in twenty eighteen, but um, down the road, are you planning to go on the stock market at all?
1: Yeah, I think so. This kind of if you split our business up into two two bits, the blockchain stuff where we, we raised all that money, the goal is for the community to own that, and and so there's no stock market except you're on the market every day. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the tokens are trading and that's what the value of the network is. And so, um, so you could in a sense you could say we're already there. You know, it, it's it's publicly traded. Um, on the other hand, the kind of venture and um, side of business we raised capital outside of that 100 million and we've invested and in stuff like that um we run that more like a beach the portfolio and so the the exits there are when those companies make exits you know just like a normal fund would would um uh would operate and provide value back to its its um, limited partners um so kind of got that dual model in a sense the the money that was being raised is already kind of and that hundred and that capital capital raise is, is in the public space already because that's that network is traded, um, and the venture ecosystem is is managed like a beach portfolio.
0: Also, oh, the short answer is no.
1: Short answer is no. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs>
0: um, basically, what kind of um, and finally, like, what kind of advice do you have for um, someone like you uh, in the today's world, twenty twenty one, and they have no clue how to be you what would you tell, what was, what is the first thing that you think they should do?
1: Yeah. Um, I think the reading helps, you know, f- find people who are smart and listen to what they have to say. Um, that, that helps me. Read, one thing I've, I've always told entrepreneurs that they should do is, um, spend time with people who they think will be their customers. You know, if you've got an idea, um, ideas are, are great, um, but if you can understand your customer and solve a customer problem, then you're going to be you're going to create something or have a chance of creating something that's successful. So that would be the second thing, and then maybe the third thing is is you know have have the ability to believe in yourself when nobody else do, does, and at the same time um, the humility to accept that you might be wrong. It's a very fine line to wa- walk. Um, Because you want to be able to listen to feedback from the market and from customers and change. But at the same time, you don't want to just be inventing a faster horse. You (laughs) You want to be able to do something that's revolutionary and different that people don't understand. Mm -hmm. So that balance between humility and um, determination is really important.
0: Awesome. Alrighty. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have for today. And it was a really great chat. Yeah,
1: thank you.